It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Nostalgic Album Podcast, where we listen to the songs of yesteryear to make our current lives seem less shitty. Beaveth. <laughs> Welcome to the Nostalgic Album Podcast. I'm Snowpiper. I'm Alex. <laughs> I told you I'd do a funny voice. There it is. It's Beavis. Oh, I did God. my worst. We're continuing last week's uh, homage to Beavis and Butthead, and we're going to do the entire thing through their their dialect. No, we're not doing that, but we're still going to have some fun. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. That and to drink beer. What are we drinking? We are drinking mm. Blood Orange Honey from Sheboygan Brewing Company, way up north in Sheboygan, yeah. Michigan. Established in 2001. A town I love for no real good reason other than it's up north. And in it's a nice Michigan, little town. Yeah. And in Michigan, that's a perfect excuse. Yeah. Oh, I love I love northern Michigan. What uh, what's what's fun to is it, have you been to the brewery? Not yet. What other things can you do in Sheboygan? I'm not sure. But it's a fine place. It's a fine place. Last time I was up there, I believe, was for work, which means I didn't really get to enjoy it. All right. So, have well, to we're, make a day trip. We're certainly enjoying it now on the Nostalgic <laughs> Album Podcast. Uh, this week, we've listened to the correct <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, least I, at least I think I, so. I, I we hope so. We haven't. That'd be funny if you, the same the same problem happened twice. <laughs> It'll happen again. I'm I said, sure. Right. I, I said white lion, or I listed a white lion instead of Pedro the lion. What? Beavis. <laughs> that would be drastically different outcomes. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> so uh, you can check out this fine brewery at sheboyganbrewing.com. And uh, that is Blood Orange Honey. Uh, Alex and I are also budding indiepreneurs. And uh, Alex, what do you do? I own a little tiny guitar shop called Magnetic Heart Guitar Works. We do custom-built instruments and repairs. Those repairs include amps and pedals, Mm -hmm. as well as most things with strings. Right. If I can't fix it, I know someone who probably can. That's a great business card uh, motto to put on there. If I can't fix it, I can find some other schmuck who can. It's too expensive. <laughs> words cost money. That's words, why my words. business cards are flashy and colorful. Right, yeah, yeah, please. All right, so check them out there, and then your Instagram is magnetic underscore heart underscore guitar underscore works. I sell soaps and I make music. You can check my soaps out at stovepipesoaps.etsy.com. You can check my music out at stovepipescaravan.com, and that will lead you to my other social media as well. And I also run a uh, gothic country, bluegrass, folk, and punk metal website called devilsmusic.net. And finally, uh, please support your local venues at support our sta- saveourstages.com. Org. .org. Oh, it is .org? No, I don't. You look that up, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna look that, and up I'm gonna finish I've, with our. We've either been telling people wrong for. Because uh, I thought I looked it up the other day, and it wasn't .org. So while Alex confirms or denies that one, it is. It is .com. It's Savers. <laughs> and make sure you listen to Janet Jackson 
uh, debut album instead of Janet. No. Underlying theme this week, I am still wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Black is white. That's why the down. entire music industry collapsed and there are no more venues because of your... Black is white, up is down, short is tall, and everything you know is wrong. Dot org makes more sense to me. It does. Because they were trying to get federal dollars, which typically requires Which they did org. get. Which they did get, yes. Finally, our second finally will be, uh, please do check us out on social media. Instagram is where it's at currently, at Nostalgic Album Podcast. You can also go to our Facebook simply by typing Nostalgic Album Podcast into the Facebook search engine. If you want to give us money, a.k.a. buy us a beer, go to NostalgicAlbumPodcast at gmail.com via PayPal. You could also do Venmo at Nostalgic Album Podcast. And finally, through the cash app, dollar sign Nostalgic Podcast. And that brings us to these fine albums. But before that, we have to flip a coin at flipacoin.org. <laughs> Sponsored so by see. Janet Jackson's no, yeah, <laughs> debut album. debut album, right? <laughs> Which I listened to and is disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Heads or tails, my friend. Uh, superstitious tails. Not gonna go with what you got to win last week. I was feeling optimistic because of democracy. Did that just fall down your pants? <laughs> down my shirt. So we'll flip it again. And now it's heads. <laughs> so I failed. That's if we'd have kept that original awkward one, I bet you'd have won. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. So, what did you pick? Anthrax's Among the Living. Among the Living. Did this album live up to the magic of your youth? Yes, it did. Although the production is well, a little... A little shoddy. It's 30 years old. This album came out in 1989, right? 1987. Really? I believe. Hang on. Hang on while I'm being wrong. Nope, 1987. So it is 34. Where were you when you first... Just like me. It's like 34. That's it? (laughs) I would have guessed 56. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Beaveth. Did, um... Yeah, where were you when you first heard this? Mm. Probably walking home from school. You weren't delivering papers. Nope. You weren't riding your bike to Schiller. Nope. You were walking home from school. Probably, because <laughs> I got it from the library. Oh, no kidding. You know, back in the day before Napster, yeah. when you had to steal your music the honest <laughs> the way. The honest way, right. Burner. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, do you consider this a novelty band? Like a joke, Weird Al, heavy metal band? No. Okay, because that's that's not. how I always thought about them. They are, they are the last, uh, well, last yeah. of the big four thrash metal bands. Okay, so they're thrash metal. They are. They're one of the original. You had the uh, original thrash metal right. bands. You had Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and right. Anthrax. Uh, note to listeners, every time Alex uses a descriptor of any kind, he does air quotes. I do. So. <laughs> I, very, I very much talk you can't with see my these. hands. So what, um, what is thrash metal? Taking old metal and punk and kind of okay. shucking them in the blender. And right. Getting 
Or the food processor and hitting pulse and seeing what comes out. And seeing what comes out. Or the air fryer for contemporary listeners. Um, be freshly popped and moist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so the thing is, is that I've, this is the first album I've listened to besides um, a few as a kid. Uh, but that's what struck me as a kid is that the albums I listened to were almost jokey. Uh, I remember one song that ended with, it was a love song that ended with She Got Hit by a Truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then they pretend to cry. I mean, that's, you know. I feel like they have more fun. Okay. Than the other three of the big four right. thrash metal bands. Okay. They're a bunch of knuckleheads to some mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. Well, they uh, one of their most famous TV moments was they were on, I think it was Headbangers Ball. Mm-hmm. And they destroyed the set. That's, that's like what the replacements did at Saturday Night Live. They uh, they were on an episode of Married with Children. I saw that episode. <laughs> they, I most, I most, well, as a kid, the, I saw it. It's been a while. They're the band that doesn't take themselves like hyper right. seriously. Didn't Weird Al play with them or something like that? I think there was some collaboration. So. I feel like uh, I saw them on a TV show that they were both on, but I, I could they, be. They may have both. They may both have been on the Muppets. It could that have been, have it happened. could, it, but like sharing a stage, but mm-hmm. so, but you believe that these guys are a serious band who have a sense of humor. Yes. Okay. As opposed to a, a novelty band who's seriously good. Exactly. Don't they have a mythos though too? Like, isn't there like a, isn't there a character that's on a lot of their publicity? Like, the, No, they, they're actually, I think the only, no, Slayer doesn't have a character either. I thought Anthrax did. Metallica and Megadeth are the only of the big four thrash bands that have characters. Okay. Metallica's doesn't really... I wouldn't necessarily call the Metallica guy a character because he doesn't doesn't pop up in the same sense as Megadeth's Vic the Rattlehead or King Edward from Iron Maiden. Right. Right, so they're 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 almost like a kind of lean, mean fighting, oh, lean, yeah. mean metal machine. Absolutely. So what are what are the songs that stood out? Uh, here, we'll, we'll just do this. Pick a uh, uh, one. Pick between one and three songs that absolutely blew you away. And if there's one song or two songs or whatever that kind of didn't age so well for you, uh, list those as well. Indians has not aged well. <laughs> you don't have to even explain that one. No, but. <laughs> that one hasn't. That hasn't aged terribly well. God, Among the Living hasn't aged terribly well because I feel like they've come out. Their last, like recently, they've come out with uh, better songs about zombies. Mm-hmm. Like fight them till you can't, which is literally about zombies. Right. Which is literally about fighting yeah. zombies. Yeah, say with a name like that, that's that's pretty much what you're left mm. with. But cotton, the cotton amash is fantastic. Yeah, and I am the law. I liked cotton amash. I don't quite remember. I am the law. Any that weren't uh, winners for you? <clears throat> the medley at the end is. Uh, at the end, uh, ADI and horror of it all is a little skim. Okay. One world's a little iffy. 
it's a little skim milk. I feel like that's mm-hmm. the worst. They kind of the back half kind of yeah tailed off there. Right. Yeah, it's a very old sounding album. That it was my is. first. They're, their production's very the production's very 1987. Right. I wonder if that one's gonna get the uh, remaster treatment that Persistence of Time just got, which right. is almost the one I picked. Right. You mentioned Indians being a song that's aged poorly. That's like their fifth, sixth most listened to one on Spotify. Well, most of their fan base is middle aged men. So. <laughs> and that was my that was my other question. Their fan base is middle aged men. Mm-hmm. At least that's most of what I saw when I saw them. You saw them in concert? I did. They oh were shit! Where'd you see them? At the Orbit Room. If you can believe that, here in Grand Rapids, it was it must have been packed. Was, it's one of my favorite shows that I've ever been to, mm-hmm. partly because I almost died. <laughs> um, it was a co-headline tour with Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and their openers were Power Trip and Deaf Heaven. Mm-hmm. The place was so packed that when I left, they had this horrible, shitty corrugated sheet metal on the wall yeah and that stuff was covered in sweat and <laughs> condensation that's the best it way to hear like you were walking out like don't touch anything as your feet stick to the floor and the spilled <laughs> beer and it's like it's everything yeah. a metal show should right be. yeah i was gonna so, say that sounds, that's the like, fun stuff right how there. influential <laughs> is this band but at the to same you time when your you're musical training and you're pro- you're potentially the most sober okay. person there. right it's like because I yeah. was like right. a lot of budding metalheads sticking. Mm-hmm. I started with Metallica. Right. I wonder and what percentage of, of that demographic do just that. It's got to be like at least 40%. Uh, 60 to 75. Yeah, yeah, that's probably even that high. Yeah. The other 25, Kiss. Yeah. All right. It's got to be, but be them. So, is there anything about what what production? If you, what production um, improvements do you think this album could make if they were to, you know, if you were to go back in time and and address that error, what would you do? It needs it needs a little bit of a compression dump. Okay, everything's very squished. Right, the vocals need to come up a little bit. So it's a very compressed album. Yeah, it it needs, needs to needs to breathe a little bit more. Yeah, it needs a little bit of breath. It needs a little bit of a remix. Right. I'd like to see them do since it's I at this point they're far enough past the 30th anniversary of it. I'd like to see them mm-hmm. wait and do a 40th anniversary right. remaster. Right. Is there any metal albums where compression was a the right decision? Because I do like some compression. A lot of indie music uh, where it's like super quick, I I enjoy. Like Broken Social Scene is renowned for being very good with compression. Very squash. Right. But but in a good way, like in a like in a nice lean way. Um, are there any metal al- bands that, or is compression just not a good idea with? I haven't heard any metal albums that were compressed that I like that well. good new metal mm-hmm. makes excellent use okay. of compression because it, tightens everything you're right yeah rather than just kind of like making it feel smaller right 
That makes sense. So, and with this one, they were probably like hybrid theories. A good one. Yep. Yeah, that's that's all that, compression. That's a lot, <laughs> but of in a good comp- way. It's a lot of proper compression. Right. Well, by then they they had learned to to use it well, where they were probably fucking around in the studio <laughs> quite a bit with this one. This is new. Let's crank it way up and see what happens. <laughs> what type of people do you think Anthrax is? Because I know that you say that they're a serious band with a sense of humor, but they always look like they're a bunch of knuckleheads in their pictures. If even their album covers are like you. You, you guys is kind Those of my freaking jokers. Yeah. You know, they're probably I'm, super fun to hang out with. I can imagine they're actually knuckleheads in real life. Really? Okay. Although to, you know, be fair, there's only one person in the metal community who's, who can lay claim to the fact that his father-in-law is meatloaf. And that is anthrax's Scott Ian. You're kidding. No, <laughs> You know that, um, which is one of the best stories I've ever seen in my life. The because f- he's a huge Meatloaf fan. Yeah, and I didn't know like, this. The I love this time I came over. It was like that's, that. That's Meatloaf. Yeah, <laughs> you like Meatloaf? Yeah. I mean, when when meatloaf he is the dish, yes, Meatloaf <laughs> the singer. Yeah, he's okay. He, when he's on, he's on. It's yeah. it's. It's it's almost like when they're on, it's almost like a Bernie Tope and Elton John type mix with him and uh, what's his name, Jim, uh, his his remember. co his co writer. Well, a a, a a a a tiny tiny little story to interject is that on my um, podcast for the for Stovepipes Caravan, I interviewed a a gothic folk singer named the Ghost of Lola Rose. And she did the whole interview from Zoom with a skeleton mask on, no lights on, and a filter that made it look like a B-movie. It was very cool. But I asked her what the best concert... Oh, her, her favorite band of all time is Guns N' Roses. Um, and I asked her what's the best concert she ever saw, and she said it was Meatloaf. A, she was a really big Meatloaf fan. Because I guess like she was talking about... She's like a real goth mm-hmm. person. Um, like She really was like a sushi and the banshees... Uh, roadie type. I mean, just mm-hmm. super into it. But she says a lot of goths actually really like things like Guns N' Roses and Meatloaf because it's all theatrics. Yeah, the sound is sense. grandiose, right? And mm-hmm. you know, um, and I said, "What was the best show you've seen?" She said, "Meatloaf." A because he's my favorite singer of all time. B he's had a really, I guess, his, the past ten years of his life have been really terrible. I don't know the exact details, but he's had a rough time and he's lost some of his voice. I don't know the exact details either, but his voice isn't what it used to be. And she said, like, but he just, she was like, it was like watching a warrior step up to battle, even though it's hard for them to do so. Aging is hard on all of us. It is hard on all of us. But I feel like seeing, like, someone like Meatloaf or Axel uh, just, like, give it their very best. Uh, Elton John gave it everything he had when I saw him. him, And that's what I was... Even if it wasn't much. Right. You could tell he, you know, he was. You were give, You got the best Elton John you could get on that night. On that he night, wasn't, you know, he's not. He's probably never going to jump up on the piano or off the piano right. ever again. No, but the man's like seventy-seven years with old. some health issues. Give him a freaking break. Yeah, and that's what I was going to segue into. Is like that's what, when you talked to me about seeing Elton John. It was like, yeah, I would have loved to see him thirty years ago, but seeing him do that was inspiring mm-hmm. to, not, to see that. You know, it's important to you know as they age, reframe your heroes. Your, don't exactly. Don't expect them to be right. 
climbing things and jumping off stuff. Yeah, right. They probably can't anymore. They probably That's can't. really hard on your body. Right. Ask any of the guys who used to be in the Dillinger Escape. <laughs> oh, I love those guys. Yeah. Ben, Weinman, ben Wyman from... Formerly from Dillinger Escape Plan, gets my vote every time. Yeah, for that guy's a powerhouse. Best or for uh, if you're playing trump cards. Yeah, worst injury that I finished a show with. Yeah, he <laughs> shattered his pinky during a Dillinger show. I thought you were gonna say he shat himself, but he shattered his he shattered his pinky. Beaveth. he shat himself and. Finish the set. That's awesome. Granted, Dave Grohl broke his right. leg. He broke his leg. Like yep. guys, I just broke my leg. Yeah. Give me like an hour. I'll be yeah. right back. Yeah. And came out in a wheelchair and finished the set. Yeah. And also, uh, this is a proper throwback. Uh, Brian uh, Brian Vanderark um, once played a show mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids where somebody, for some reason, threw a two by four with a nail in it at him and it scraped just some idiot. It was probably like a piece of a sawhorse scraped his arm. And I guess he was bleeding and he finished the song basically strumming as he like held his guitar. Several friends of mine remember seeing it. And Brian Vander Ark, when they, when they posted about this Vander Ark commented, yeah, that was a very painful show. So that seems like an echelon that uh, is along with like, uh, musicians who aren't in the best health, mm-hmm. people who are like perfectly healthy who get their ass kicked on stage and still play. That is as yeah, badass uh, as you get. It's few and far between the really good stories. Yeah. But like, right. I know there's mountains of them out of the Slipknot camp yeah. because those are violent shows. They are, right. And like, Sid Wilson played a show with two broken ankles because <laughs> he jumped off his right. drum riser and landed yeah. flat-footed from like 15 feet right. like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear a recent interview with Clown uh, of Slipknot, and he was actually a really thoughtful and, and cool dude, but he mentioned that um, in their older age, they can't have the violence they used to, so they always like start their shows now or have started a few shows with like, we're all about letting out your negative emotions, but at the end of the day, make this a positive experience. I'm like, that's when you know you're an aging metal band, when you have to warn your fans not to be too aggressive. No one's dead. So, <laughs> so, um, so my final... Uh, well, I can tell that this band... Uh, it kind of reminds me of that whole saying: you uh, you uh, you pick on the ones you love the most. Mm-hmm. That seems like your dynamic with Anthrax. Like you recognize their high low points, what they could have done better. But at the end of the day, they're an important band to you. Is that fair? I feel like eh, that's fair, and I also feel like they're kind of they've had a tumultuous history with mm-hmm. membership. Mm-hmm. That's not really led to them having the most consistent of output. Where it's okay. like, you look at the timeline of like Metallica, where they had four member changes in 30 right. years. Anthrax has had a different singer like every five years. Really? So who's the dude with the goatee? The bald um, dude with the. He's like a really noticeably specifically funny looking dude you know what i'm talking about that's scott ian yeah scott ian he's still in it right yep he's the 
He's only, the only one? He's the only original member. I figured he, all of uh, them were bros and still doing it. No, he's the only original member, I believe. He's the he's certainly the only member that's never left the band and come back. Mm. There's some argument as to particularly in the Anthrax camp mm-hmm. which iteration with which lead singer is right. the best. That's the best one. Uh the the agreed upon classic is current lead singer Joey Belladonna, who I think has been in the band four times. What other bands has he been in? He quits and then does God knows what and then comes back. Um, other notable favorites are John Bush from the band Armored Saint. Mm-hmm. I like it much better in Armored Saint than I do in Anthrax. In Anthrax, okay. Is the this is slightly off the topic, but in the same vein, is the really good bassist from Infectious Groove still in Metallica, who replaced Jason Newsom? Yes. Okay, because that guy's a monster. He's, he's also in Suicidal Tendencies, who's a great band too. And uh, Infectious Grooves is one I need to I need mm-hmm. to pick. Uh, have you heard that album? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a it's just a hoot. It kind of reminds me of uh, Anthrax. Uh, in that um, they're a seriously great band who like are a bunch of knuckleheads goofing around, and oh, and I remember um, the Weird Al and Anthrax appeared in a Mad magazine. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah, um, there it is. Yep. So, um, what is your uh, elevator speech for Anthrax's? What's this album called? I among, did listen to it. Among the Living. Actually, I didn't. I just listened to Janet Jackson's. <laughs> just, Janet. Li- just listen to that again. Yeah. Okay. It's it's longer. Hard to. That's true. That. Yeah. What's your elevator speech? Hmm. They're not all hits, but most of this album is concise, technical. Mm-hmm. And powerful. Powerful. So your heart gives it like an A and your and your like an A minus. A minus. My my critic is kind of still hovering in the C plus C plus. C. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can take that too. You kinda wanna again like Milo goes to college, you yeah. wanna take him to task for some of those like outmoded lyrics oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, like, come on. You yeah. can't say right. don't just although don't. this Although the first show they played post nine eleven, when you know everybody was going to get anthrax by, via mail, <laughs> they all came out right. in individually like lettered jumpsuits that said "We won't change our name" because they were getting a lot of. <laughs> oh, like, I'm sure they were. You have to change your name. That's right. terrible. Yeah, the, the like, proto woke crowd. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> the proto cancel culture crowd. Just, nope, we were here first. Yeah, no, back totally, off. totally. <laughs> well, somebody the other day said to me, like, "Do you think you're going to trim your beard because white supremacists are wearing beard?" I'm like, "No," and I'm bald naturally, so I'm not going to like stop being bald because of my. I mean, fuck those guys, but I'm going to wear my beard proudly and be a good person who accepts start, everybody. Start getting extensions. Oh, I know. <laughs> Get a skullet. But I was thinking about doing a hashtag beards against white supremacy, but I think the better thing is just to ignore those assholes, wear a beard proudly and accept everybody. And, you know, mm-hmm. and anthrax, I think, did the right thing, too. We were here first. We were here first, you dickheads. <laughs> Beavis. So bound. 
Someday the theme of all our weird, ridiculous, growing <laughs> yeah. inside jokes will be fun for all of you. I think no, I think those ones are funny because mm-hmm. everybody because the Beavis and Butthead impersonations are funny by nature, and whale sounds are like almost like a I'm fart gonna... sound. You know, I wonder if the whale sounds upset anybody that really, really likes Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got like it. The one person who follows us on Instagram. Fuck you guys. I love Incubus and, and I love have, whales. And we have no followers. <laughs> right now. No. Buy us a beer. Uh, so, okay. Well, good. That's a good good speech. Anywho, mm-hmm. let's talk about your take on this album. Right. Was this the first time you've heard it? The first time I've heard this album, yes. Okay. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I, I have the exact same uh, feedback you have is that it was a really solid album. Uh, I was expecting more humor because the first I, album I heard was the Attack of the Killer Bees, mm. which is which is definitely oh, yeah, a knucklehead that's album. Their, that's their B sides, right? And rarities album, right? Um, were you expecting more of like joking around, yeah, or yeah. more like the opening to uh, Madhouse? <laughs> it's time for your medication, oh, yeah. Mr. Brown. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I was. Yeah, no, I was. That was my frame of reference, which um, is. Possibly one of the best riffs they've ever written. Yeah, I love that riff to death. Yeah, I, I mean, right. I like that whole record, and I'll get, I'll get into that portion. That's the part that's more closest to my childhood. But um, no, I enjoyed the album. It was it was uh, very. Uh, I wanted it to be thick sounding, and it wasn't. It was compressed sounding. So, uh, do you know who the producer was? I can find out. I didn't like the producer. It's really that simple. I thought mm-hmm. it was a solid album. As a critic, I would probably give it like a a, a B minus. Um, uh, my heart would probably give it about a B plus. Um, no, no, my critic would probably give it like a C minus because of the production, and I would highlight that mm-hmm. that was the, that was the real problem with it. Well, it went gold. I don't know what we're complaining about. Half a million copies. Our our piddly-ass podcast gives it a C-minus, but they still made their money. No, but like, I feel like anybody who would listen to this would notice that the production is outdated. Wow. And that's the part where I'm wondering about our unanswerable question, is that so much of it is tied to your personal experience and preferences, so that question can't be answered. But at the same time, production is is to some degree a very mathematical like don't don't use a, don't peak your microphones, don't use this much reverb and keep it at this decibel thing. And this album I just felt like was a mess production wise, and that any critique of that is accurate. It makes me really sad to reveal that. Oh no. Uh, Great. This album was produced by the legendary and often correct Eddie Kramer. So, what happened? I don't know. I'm still I'm reading the Wikipedia, which John Prine has albums that aren't very good because of production, and he's a legend. So, which, as we all know, uh, Wikipedia is not exactly the bulletin of truth, but I think when it comes to who produced this album? Right. We can count that as correct. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just hard because like I I mean I grew up in the eighties, but I don't remember like the nineties. I remember the majority of it. Um, and so it's it's there's probably do you think there's people who like think this album's perfect? And if we said. Like there's people um, when we're when I was on Instagram hashtagging 
Milo goes to college. Mm-hmm. There are people who obviously completely disagree with everything that we put, who are, are more committed Descendants fans than I would be, certainly more than you would be, uh, and would probably hate our podcast. <laughs> are there people who would listen to this and say, you fuckers don't know what you're talking about, man. This is a greatly produced album. Like, do those exist? Members of, I think members of the band would disagree with me. Really? Okay. But that's, I mean. Or maybe they wouldn't. Well, just reading, you yeah. know. They love this album. Just cursory reading, I think right. a lot of... Uh, I think a lot of what they did was uh, kind of... We have, like, money now. Right, I got We you. have an yeah. advance. And right. so they went... You know what would be ridiculous? Yeah, if we, we got, and then somebody called, hey, we got them. They want to do. Right. You want to what? Yeah. Oh, balls. Yeah. <laughs> but even that framework, that mindset sounds like a really 80s thing to me. Mm-hmm. Where be just basically, it's like that whole Reagan thing, because you can afford to, means that all your choices are going to be good ones. Uh, and I feel like that that had to be a part of the the musicians too like we have money and therefore we won't make bad creative decisions it was mixed in the bahamas just like a lot of iron maidens albums or a couple right which i think is funny because if you read bruce dickinson's biography Mm -hmm. he is not glowing about the work they did when they were (laughs) working there because Island life. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the the one connection I have from my youth to this album is I remember my dad worked at a school that was an hour and a half drive each way Oof. in Maine, you know. Yeah. And, um, no, I mean, he, he absolutely loved it, and, and, and he was a music teacher, and kids were always mm-hmm. given, like, like – um, like he was pretty good at picking contemporary music along with the classical pieces and kids were always giving him CDs. And, um, so he'd come home and he'd say, I was just listening to a CD and my brother and I were like, wow, that's actually contemporary hip and cool. Like what happened? And, uh, one day he came home, uh, and he goes, I mean, I listened to the greatest CD and I'm like, what is it? And he says, anthrax <laughs> return of the killer bees. And we're like, really? Because we both knew, probably from that Mad Magazine, we knew of Anthrax as this like goofy metal band, which is is not what he listened to. And he said, along with just thinking it was like a really good album, there was a song on there that his band from the 60s, The Natural Gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the legendary Natural Gas, maybe we'll listen to them sometime on this podcast if I can find their, their recordings. There's a song on there, I think it's Pipeline, uh, an instrumental mm. Hold on. Wipeout? No. I can play. Ah. Like 18 seconds yeah. of it or something. We'll be fine. <laughs> There's one great riff on there. It sounds just like it's it's in the oh, Veda wipeout. No, it's pipeline. I, yeah, I, okay. I'm thinking but yeah his band used to other wet cursory wedding songs that you used to have to know to be in a working 
gigging oh, right, yeah. wedding yeah. band. You had to know Wipeout yeah. if you were the coolest drummer on the planet. Right. And you had to know Pipeline. Yep. And uh, taking care of business. <laughs> but, like, I guess, he, I guess he just hadn't heard that song in a while. And then he heard this, like, contemporary metal band just, like, fucking killing it. And, like, he was like, you got to listen to this album. So he, like, hands us this, like, album with, like, an explicit lyrics thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it was and, – and I remember listening to it and, and, and thinking it was a really fun record. Uh, but my favorite song was the last one, which is a love song, which is actually very lovely and sincere. And it ends with, she got hit by a truck. <laughs> and then they cry. So so really, I have nothing bad to say about uh, Anthrax. I, this, this album uh, – I uh, I could recognize it was good. The production, um, I would say, take out uh, use uh, thicker amps, take out the compression, and um, I think just killing the compression ki- yeah. would open that album up a lot. Right, and even the drum had that '80s like ksh, splash sound, which I just don't like that much. Uh, so, but I had a, I had a fine time listening to it. It wasn't like last week, Corrosion of Conformity. I was like, man, this sounds just as good as it. Grooving and jamming and bopping and. <laughs> doing but, all uh, those unhip things. All those unhip do. things. <laughs> but that, but the, for the unanswerable question, I'll, I'll end with this before the, 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 uh, elevator speech is that personal experience does, uh, bring apart, but, um, production, that's a whole nother ball game. And, uh, and in this, in this album, it didn't decrease my enjoyment of it. Cause I did enjoy it, but it made my, it made me, uh, less in the now. <laughs> That's in the I moment. Think, uh, I think the thing that hampers our unanswerable question yeah. will invariably be production. I think so too. I think, I think production dates an album right. very like, right. Put a stamp on this is what we're doing what we in did. 1984. Yeah. And I feel like people would be more sensitive about production critiques, whereas with personal experience, you're like, well, that's that's just your experience. That's mm-hmm. fine. Whereas with production, if we told he's like, listen, man, I was doing this, this, this. That's why the album has no flaws. Like, all right. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, I didn't like it, so it's oh, not perfect. I'm sorry. You need to update it. <laughs> we have better technology. You should use it. Um, what then? Is your elevator speech? I would say, listen to this album and tell me how you would have improved it. Excellent. Yeah, because this I like is that one a lot. Yeah, because especially with a younger person who's like on the internet constantly and actually looks up things like how to produce an album, <laughs> you know, well, I, I would be interested in what they had to say. Those of us who aren't old farts who don't yeah. understand Pro Tools or right sequence of MIDI drum, yeah can produce something that sounds like it was done in a half million dollar studio right in your basement in your basement and then there are you yeah. and i who will never be able to quit right. yeah, no, right. we'll still we'll still need a yeah. real drummer right yeah exactly yeah right but Which is uh, why we have a rolodex full of musicians yeah i <laughs> and that's a good thing to have but no, I, th- I think if somebody was given that uh, elevator speech, it would actually engage them more than some of the prior ones I gave because I'm almost like giving them a project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Please tell me why this album right. is bad. I feel like they could even like in- insert, like, there's probably apps where you can like insert it and reproduce mm-hmm. it to some degree, you know, collaborator apps. I'm sure you could get a, 
I'm sure if you look hard enough, the uh, stem tracks have been yeah parsed out. Have been and parsed you out. Remix it yourself. Yeah. But uh, no, I was, I was glad you picked this one. Uh, I hope you pick another Anthrax one. And uh, oh, we will. We will. Yeah. Since there's you know at least five that I can that you choose could, from. You could pull from. So yeah, Anthrax. I think I think we're all right with them, and our criticisms are similar. And we ask the future of the future generations to really put in a good day's pay production wise. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a. Let's put the anthrax down. Right. And let's talk about Pedro and the lion. Pedro and the lion. Or his lion and right. or iterations of me pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Pedro the lion, which is which how Lemonheads is basically a moniker for Evan Dondo. Mm-hmm. Pedro the lion is a moniker for David Bazan. Uh, similar to how Dashboard Confessional is a moniker for Chris Caraba. Bright Eyes is a, a moniker for... Uh, um, Conor Oberst, so smashing pumpkins is a moniker for, for Billy. Yes, Corbin. it is, and I feel like we could do a whole show on like bands that are basically a solo artist. Foo Fighters are a moniker started yeah. as a moniker for Dave yeah. Grohl. Yeah, yeah, they've they've been a little bit more all encompassing, but at yeah. the same time, I think of Dave Grohl. I don't think of um, you know, uh, well, he's the face of a band now, as opposed to yeah. what that original Foo Fighters record was, right. which was basically him right yeah oh, that's such a good record and, and actually that is that the fact that you brought that up is is apropos to it's hard to find a friend because this album is entirely david Bazan playing every single instrument that explains the title i was gonna <laughs> it's hard to find I, was, I was hoping to delve into that yeah. but there we go i got one out the box yeah it, it i mean that has to mean something yeah he played every single uh thing on this um in you know, he started out in the contemporary Christian um, Tooth and Nail mm-hmm. label, and then the album sold really well for an India album, and then it was signed to Jade Tree, which is a really good um, indie label, um, comparable to like uh, Secretly Canadian or uh, Discord Records uh, or, Ep- or uh, Epitaph. Uh, but um, yeah, let's 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 have them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It had been probably five years since I've listened to this album. One question firmly answered. Did this live up to the magic? Oh, God, yes. So I that, think I know the answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, like like uh, Lemonhead, like my favorite of all time would be Lemonheads of Andando, mm-hmm. um, Tom Waits, Tom Waits, and uh, Pedro the Lion, David Bazan. So, yeah. But I hadn't heard it for five years. I guess my concern was that um, when he made this album, he was like a, a Christian man. Now he's a uh, an, an atheist, uh, and so I wondered if the lyrics would have been too preachy or like one of those things where you're, where you're like, it's best to leave that in the past. And um, I didn't find that at all. I thought it was just a really good, uh, depressing, uh, slow indie album from the does, late nineties. <laughs> it does strike a tad maudlin. It's, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But without, uh, I had a great time listening to this. Without giving it away, <laughs> it strikes a tad maudlin. It does. But I think uh, I think sparsity lends yeah. to that, and this it does. is a very yeah sparse right. kind of. There's not a lot going on. No. 
behind the scenes or in front of the scenes right. when you know you talk about the opposite side of the coin like right. anthrax or corroding yeah. conformity last week yeah. where there's literal walls and mountains of sound right yeah kind of hitting you all at once right and there's a lot to ingest and right outtake well and, and another you're you're absolutely correct and another difference is is that those albums have giddy up this album with the exception of one song has no giddy up i didn't i didn't really feel lots of giddy up either I yeah mean, there's uh if plot is a term we could use <laughs> yeah, it for um yeah. speed i think this right. is it it's yeah and it's not a long album no but it, it isn't. certainly feels it, <laughs> it at feels times. like i'm very curious to see what you're gonna actually think about this like, but yeah i know it is it is applauding uh uh a, not not uh that though for me i would certainly applaud it but yeah no it's a it's a album that applauds it has no giddy up with one exception and it's so sparse that like you could write a happy song apply the the mechanisms of this album to that happy song and the song would suddenly turn into the most depressing song you've ever heard in your life so um but yeah i mean this is a this, this is a very important uh, artist to me so Keep them coming, and then we'll... This album claps on one and four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, where... it barely makes the... It, it drags past the four. You know? Where were you the first time you heard this album? Right. So the first time I heard him, I remember seeing him in the... I used to get these... Did, were you into Tooth and Nail bands? Not as much as I probably should have been. Okay. For going to a Christian college, right? Well, in, in the late nineties, they they would send you would get these catalogs that you mm-hmm. flipped through, and like I, that's where I get a lot of like like um, punk and hardcore bands that were that happened to be Christian or pretended to be in order to make money <laughs> off of youth groups. And I remember there's the there's a Pedro the Lion. Um, I can't remember, you have to listen re-listen to him. I remember him showing up in those and not showing a lot of interest because I was more into the the hardcore ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember at Cornerstone um, talking to this guy named Yuri. He was a like um, he was from Czechoslovakia, mm. and I don't think he realized how conservative uh, Cornerstone was. Like I remember like hanging out with him in his dorm, and he had all these like nude model pics <laughs> that he had painted in his room. I remember watching a racer head with him. And like he was like, you want a drink? I'm like, sure. He's like, I made a vat of wine. You know, I got some cheesecloth and some stepped on some grapes. And so I remember like drinking this homemade wine, surrounded by nude art and watching Eraserhead. Um, so I think he was probably a disappointed <laughs> with his decision, and b not long for the university. Once his, uh, <laughs> yeah. once his uh, RA found out, found what out he was about actually that. Actually, doing yeah, yeah. But oh, he was a good dude, and I remember him. Um, him saying, and I, I think he was he was um, religious in like the European way, where you go to church and then you paint nude models when you get home and watch David well, Lynch movies. It's a but he it's was, a far enlightened place it, in yeah. comparison to our America. to our America. I think there, yeah, it's like one of those things where like you know, be, um, I, I he was a very intelligent person, liked good things, and. and uh, was very out of place, but we got along really well. And I remember um, him saying, he's like, I want to get music you're listening to. And I'm like, 
well, I used to listen to a lot of Christian rock, but it's just not good anymore. And he was like, oh, this is Page of the Line. Listen to Page of the Line. And so he put this album on me. And I just remember, like, a criticism I would have of this album, which I think you might have, is that there is no Giddy Up. But at the time, as we a... covered that. It claps on one <laughs> yeah, and four. Yeah, it claps on one four. But, like, at the time, I remember just being, like, totally, like, like man, this, is, this isn't, like, the upbeat, sunshiny... Um, you know, two and four clapping contemporary Christian music. Like this is like super raw. I was totally went over. And ever since then, he has been uh, one of my all time favorites. Um, so in that sense, even though I, I recognize quite a few imperfections of this album, um, you know, uh, my experience of it with that nude art painter um, and, and my place in, in, uh, in that time, um, paired very well with. Uh, I had a great time listening it to this. Makes me wish I had more colorful characters when I was at Cornerstone. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I had uh, some. I had some fun colorful yeah, ones, yeah. but the Narnia. Well, uh, yeah. Thing. Like uh, there's a kid, Eric Spaulding, who lived down the yeah. hall from me. He yeah. was the he was the other metalhead. <laughs> like he was. That's you pretty almost cool. never saw him without like. Yeah motorcycle boots and yeah. a sepultura shirt on yeah yeah <laughs> and, oh, i love sepultura but he that's and I, cool he and i used to sit in the middle of the uh like the common room on the main floor of yeah. van osdell van Os- yes vo and just play iron maiden until everybody complained, complained. <laughs> see that's that's the one benefit going to a weird christian school is that that's like considered strange there yeah or is anybody anybody else would be just what you do? But like, um, he was the he was the one who got the uh, talking to for reading articles on Loudwire because for no good reason it was on the university's list of oh, banned Jesus. websites, and he had to like log into it when they like called him in to take him to task. Yeah, and be like, there is nothing evil. On yeah, like, that's right. Look. Yeah. I'm literally reading news. I'm really releasing news. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> These are facts. I know that you guys don't like a lot of those things, but but um, you We're know, there's hard a hard on the place, but it's been a while since uh, yeah. either of us have been there. Oh no, I mean and, and I had a fine time and and like there the experience of having this European guy who I think may have like you know how you listen to the wrong Janet Jackson <laughs> album? I think that might have happened with him. Like there's like maybe this cornerstone you which was like this secular worldly art centric college called like Cornerstone College and he accidentally ended up at Cornerstone he just, University. Paperwork. But like I mean it was I don't know, he passed the exam section apparently. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The belief systems. Yeah, I mean but I I just it was such a fun experience. Like he, he really showed me a lot of like good movies and music and, and I think that was probably when I realized it was okay to paint nude pictures of people that wasn't pornography um but like um no i mean with david bazan uh and and this is really i mean because he's such a favorite i don't have anything terribly revealing to say but this observation i think is is pretty revealing um he is the bob dylan for disenfranchised evangelicals I can see that in a roundabout mm-hmm. manner. He's, he sings truth 
um, that a very specific type of person um, is completely drawn to. Mm-hmm. Like, and he doesn't have fair weather fans. It's like you're either totally in love with him. Like I remember the, going to the Calvin Festival of Faith and Music, and he was there, and me and a couple friends. One of them was not Uri, but a, a couple others, and we just like went over to him and we're like impart us your wisdom and he was like uh i don't know <laughs> you went all wayne and garth yeah we went, we're not worthy yeah we're not worthy <laughs> and he went full alice cooper yeah just let you kiss the yeah thing. it was there was a little there was a little bit of that i think he was having fun uh the, any attention does feel good but like it was obvious he was going through like he i remember he spoke a, a like a seminar there and it was obvious he was not buying he was not drinking the kool-aid anymore uh his latter work is um for a while it was like first it was like christian who's like a little bit disillusioned then it was like christian who's totally disillusioned then it was like i'm barely christian anymore then it was like angry atheist and now it's like you know there's good parts of religion there's bad parts uh this this is this is who i am and uh um so um, this is not his uh, uh, Alex's best album at all. This is uh, nostalgically, it's very dear to my heart. It brought back a million memories. Um, objectively, it is a fine indie album um, by a person who has made way better albums. <laughs> the worst elevator speech I could probably give because the answer would be like, "All right, well, I'm not going to listen to this one." <laughs> well, if it's not his best, then yeah, then why bother? So. I think um, I'll- I think I'll go listen to Control and see if I can understand. <laughs> have you heard that album? No, but it keeps oh, coming. Oh, it's so good. That's so I'll probably that is a great album. It's a uh, band and yeah. songwriter that is apparently universally loved among my friends. Yeah, that I know nothing about. They know nothing about, and I figured I'm, that was the case. Yeah, I'm just the long-haired metalhead. Right, what I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't know. Like you're. Like, um, I know you've told me that your experience of, uh, church and stuff was like, I mean, it was, had its good and bad, but Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't like some of us are like really angry, including me at like churches. I never had, you don't have that as badly. I never had that moment where I was like, you know what? Yeah. No. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. I had that moment where I was like, this might not be for me anymore. Right. Yeah. Let's see what happens if I don't go. So, so here. Well, I'm going to save that question for now. But do you want my you want my elevator speech? Yeah, let's do it. Although you kind of, I kind of gave it. it. Um, I would say, I would say, listen to his latter albums first, and then listen to this one and tell me if you like it. Because this is one of those in the unanswerable question. This is one of those albums where. Um, it's hard for me to objectively critique it in any way, shape, or form. Um, but because I love the songwriter so much, uh, I will always stand by it. But if there was like some like con- some younger person who gave me this like even negative criticism of this album, I wouldn't be at all offended by it. I would probably actually find it kind of revealing. Whereas with some artists, I'm like, how dare you say that, sir? You know nothing about music. With this one, I'd be like... Yeah, you're probably right. I appreciate that. So, so I would say this is a great uh, indie artist who, for a very specific crowd, is incredibly important. Who has since grown a wider fan base. Um, I highly recommend you listen to these three albums, and after that, 
listen to this one and you know, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> Let me know what you think about it. If it's terrible, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's if, right. If it's great, let's talk about it. It's funny because how you just said that sounded like uh, Beavis. Wait, is wait, which one's Butthead? Is he? Yeah, or Beavis? No, Butthead's the hey, Butthead's Beav- the better spoken. Is the better spoken one? Yeah, <laughs> the way you said that lesson, it sounded like something Butthead would say. Is this any good? Um, so uh, usually I just ask you forthright if you like this album this type this time I'm going to make a guess based on your reactions I would say that personally you would give this album a B minus C plus objectively you would give it a D (laughs) You're, you're, you're close I mean I was using a a less uh archaic letter grading scale i was i was at best ambivalent okay i kind of listened to it right did this album bore you at times okay at times it did (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was interesting because it's one of those as a person who's like all my friends really like this particular artist right. or band. And they don't just like him, they like I, like him. I want to at least understand it. Right. And I feel like this was a bad starting point for <laughs> understanding that because I'm like, right. This is not great. Yeah. Or at least it doesn't move the earth for me. Right. You use the word plod, which is not a positive term. Elaborate on what it means for a record to plod. Well, like, when we talk about tempo, you know, we talked about earlier with Anthrax, you Mm -hmm. have that moving gallop or Megadeth that plus about 20 beats per minute. This was more like, right? Yeah. You know, it moves right. much more. It's like taking your foot off the brake, but not pressing the gas <laughs> when pressing, you're in yes, drive. Yeah. It just, the car pretty still much moves, it, yeah. but not at a speed that gets you anywhere in a hurry. Right. Did you find anything insightful about the lyrics? There was. There's. Quite a bit of I caught a lot of introspection. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart yeah. guy. Well, you, you can't singer songwriter right and not be at right. least bordering on uh-huh. introspective at some point. Right, you can get away with it in a full band because maybe somebody else will bring a lyric that's more in the right. Uh, right. idiom of what our band actually stands for, which is probably partying. <laughs> it's probably partying. It's probably partying. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a collective energy, if anything. Collective energy of fun. Of fun. And, yeah, this is not a fun album in any shape no, or form. I didn't, I didn't sense that. No, it is his more recent stuff has... Bes- I mean, besides that song, I don't like girls the way they are, so sit, shave their legs. You know, but even that... 
um, isn't that I was going to say that's kind of humorous, but now that I say it out loud, it's not at all. It's kind of like woke smug. <laughs> there's a there's a there's an element yeah. of smuggery. Yeah, there, oh, there certainly is that kind of transcends the album a little bit. Right. Yeah, it's like a, the guy who like thinks he knows better. Um, it's very pinky out with the T. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can very much see that. Um, what, uh, what's a song that you really uh, did like, and what's a song that you barely got through? <laughs> I feel like there's got to be at least one that was like skimp. <laughs> mm. The first listen, yeah. Um, when I got to Suspect Flood the Scene, right. that was the first time I went, oh boy, <laughs> am I actually going to get a, like, yeah. I'm going to have to, you know, you have to kind of yeah. tighten that belt and right. go, no, it's for the good of the podcast. Get the podcast, nothing right. nothing to do with you. Right. At least the first one. Right. Like the first listen. And then as I kind of. Right. Usually it improves with additional listens. Yeah. Um, you know, but some albums are so specific to a specific crowd at a certain time mm-hmm. of history that. There are th- there are albums that you'll never understand if right. you weren't there at that moment at that right. time. It's like I've shown my friends. I have friends who never saw The Goonies, and I said, "This is the greatest movie. Let's watch it." And they said that was horrible. But if they had seen it when they were a kid, they would have loved it. And uh, th- this Boy. album probably has a little bit of this. Tommy Boy is one of those. Movies. Oh, really? I loved Tommy Boy. I haven't I seen still, it. In I 20 still years, love but... it, but I think if I watch, if I like, if I do the out of body experience mm-hmm. and think about. Is this something that I would show my wife as like this right. is a movie I love? Yeah, right. What What is my reaction if you've never seen it? And I, I went, <laughs> right. yeah. There's not a lot of deep humor in this. There's a lot of yeah, dick jokes and physical comedy <laughs> right yeah and and uh david spade and chris farley who i think are hilarious are definitely associated with a specific time like 1996 there is a, there is a time in the 90s <laughs> yeah. where those two were yeah, just a little, do no wrong funny, right like next door right. to adam sandler yeah and now, like, even Happy Gilmore, I kind of do the same. Yeah. I have a similar reaction. Right. To, like, when you think about, what if I was just seeing this now? Right. It's terrible. It's terrible. But you still laugh the, your ass off at it. The nostalgia <laughs> carries it. Yeah. But there's not much else. Um, do you think it's possible? Um, the thing is, his latter work, I would say, from 2004... Um, no, basically everything after this album. This album is really its own universe. Um, I hmm, how, how am I trying to phrase this? Control, I think you'll like because it really is a stellar album, um, and uh, I, I think you would like that. His everything after that is so different from um, his voice. Sounds different. He writes about different things. Um, 
It's got some. This has got some great song titles, though. Great song titles, and 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 there are a couple Both like minor uh, profit. Oh, that's a great tune. Prostitute wives. wives. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a great that's a great song. Um, the ones that don't get me as much as they used to. Um, there was one song. Um, it was trucks. I I still like big trucks. I feel like I think that was one of the ones where I went. That's not a very deep subject. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. Isn't that the one that's all about like? wanting to be just like your dad yeah much. yeah pretty much and his dad flipping off uh trucks um mm-hmm. but like they'll never go they'll never go as fast as you in your 89 trans yeah or whatever it is yeah is there a band that you can think of are there any other bands where you're introduced by them and you found it unremarkable but then you listen to their latter work and you thought it was great because that's if you end up liking Pedro the Lion, that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be this album that won you over. It's not. Gonna it's going to be ladder work, and it might not. <laughs> um, Anthrax is a little okay because I feel like as they're getting older, they're kind of getting too old for this. You right, know, whatever squabble was getting people in and out of the band, right? And they're like, you know what, this just works, right? Yeah. yeah, and so the albums become tighter and bigger and stronger, right? Um, yeah, I have more bands where I fall out of love with them because of their yeah, work, I, and I, I think that's where Metallica is waning on right. I'm like. You know, you've come to the point where you realize that everybody just wants you to keep redoing Master of Puppets, right. which I think means that you should realize that you can't catch right. that magic again, and you should right. just call it a day. Right. This is a good opportunity. There's been a pandemic. You lost your yeah. shirts on a whole bunch of yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah. You're much, much older than you used to be. You're not as young as you yeah, used to be. Yeah, you wear be, sweater vests now and but a, turtle neck. And shop at the banana room yep. at the Armani Exchange. Yeah, I believe it, you know. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, they keep every once in a while, there's a tidbit of a new right. one where I'm like, all right, still got the teeth on it. But <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, yeah. Still might want to just call it a day before you shoot your legacy <laughs> really, in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask two more questions mm-hmm. that are that are pretty uh, uh, brief. The first one is: I think if at the time, if you were a disillusioned a disillusioned evangelical who felt like nobody um, had your same, if you and you felt where you if you're a disillusioned evangelical who felt like there was no one who understood you, who didn't share your grievances with Christianity or the church or whatever, this album at the time uh, was a breath of fresh air uh, that stuck with you. Um, Do you feel like, um, like, did you find any spiritual insights into this or did it just sound like something like, yeah, I went through that too, but I didn't listen to this album. (laughs) I was going through it, so I don't really know what to do with it besides... Say that was fine. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't feel lots of pulling yeah. connection. You you, you weren't feeling it because like I don't want to say like I don't 
I don't have, you know, people have conversion experiences and I think, I feel like people have, yeah, I don't know if diversion is a good word for, you know, kind of losing your faith. Losing that. Yeah, I think so. Or you have those experiences. I don't really have one of those. I kind of went, yeah, this might not be. Right. And that was it. I, they were like conclusions that were part of your own personal evolution. Yeah. And whereas listening to an album about this might be really enlightening for some, but if you hear it later in life, it's more like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> oh. There, there wasn't a lot of underlying identifiable okay. theme for me. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think for a lot of people who heard this at a younger age, it was it was a conversion experience and and that might be part of the unanswerable question is when it comes to things that have like a deeper spiritual meaning uh it's very crowd specific mm-hmm. <laughs> where some will like this is the greatest thing and others are like all right cool <laughs> glad you mm-hmm. figured it out but whatever what's your uh what <laughs> Do you can you possibly give an elevator speech? <laughs> what is your see. elevator speech for Why this? Why don't we find out? <laughs> yeah. Um It's really easy to give an elevator speech for something you hated and loved. Yeah. Where it's like, uh where the when it was just okay, that right. does make it much it makes more it harder. difficult. Yeah. I mean You're like, you're trying to convert them to disinterest. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, then we'll both know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say it's a good study in texture. Yeah. So if all you're looking to do is study how texture affects the mood of an album, right? listen to this, and then you can understand how scarcity makes even the most upbeat thing right. seem sad <laughs> right yeah I, I can agree with that and like the overarching sound of an album really carries the most weight whereas i said like if you have a happy song and you in, injected it into the overall op uh modus opera what was that word uh modus Most. operandi of this album it would still it would sound miserable <laughs> even if you put rem stand yeah which is one of the happiest right sad actually like happiest protest songs yeah. or it's not really a protest like, song. i, I it's mean a, it's it, a it's a personal discovery right, song right because you know the whole chorus is ask why right ask yeah. why you're doing this about, right yeah. with your life right but it's in like the happiest major key. Yep. You could sandwich that dead in the middle of this yeah. album and still go, man. I know. It col- I'm a little worn out by this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're bumming me out, it's man. A little, it, it, it becomes it, tiresome it, in the emotional weight. I, I agree. Like, you take like Joe Satriani, it becomes yeah. tiresome in the musical sense. <laughs> in the musical sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tiresome in the number of notes that you've heard yeah. in the last four seconds. So what, what I'm excited to find now is you need to find an album where my reaction is basically a non-reaction. It's like, all right. <laughs> find an ambivalent album. An ambivalent album. Yeah, it's like, I'm glad you liked it. It's basically, 
you know. I'm glad you enjoy this because I felt nothing about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to end on that one. We had these two fine, efficient, slimmer episodes. Uh, Go to SaveOurStages.com. Go to our aforementioned social media sites. Next week, we have we picked one yet? We have not, so let's do it now. Hold on. Push pause. So what are you picking, Alex? I am going to do Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Excellent. I'm going to pick Naughty by Nature's Poverty's Paradise. And we are going to drink a beer from the Mitten Brewery. Excellent. That was a fabulous opposite end episode. I think I think you guys will really enjoy I it. I think so, I too. I, li- I remember to listen to the correct Elber album. <laughs> well, I can't talk. Well, we are going straight to bed. Do the same. Wash your hands. Take good care of each other. Listen to good music. Wear a mask. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.